0: It is tremendous, by the way. I want you to see some things with me this morning. I hope you're excited about studying the Revelation. it, It is a tremendous study. I preface this with a warning to you. It is the one book that I've taught sometimes, from time to time, and I teach in sometimes. I've preached through it a couple times. I have used it for adult Bible study. And I have... I've been in the Revelation from time to time in the ministry it's 30 plus years now and I want to tell you this every time I get in the book of Revelation I, I, I get under attack. It surely is a book, maybe the book, that Satan doesn't want you to know what it says. It's under attack from Christian commentators. It's under attack from the world. It's under attack from particularly non-believers. Many Christians have bought into the story we're not supposed to understand this book. That's a lie. The truth is this, it is what actually God, through Jesus Christ and through the auspices of the Holy Spirit, wants us to know about future events and his work in our behalf. And so it's an exciting book, it's a, it's a tremendous book, it is a book to be studied word by word. We're not going to start looking at um, ideas that are in chapters We're going to look at words and what they mean. Today is going to be a a lesson that almost takes us back to the fifth grade. At least my fifth grade experience, I don't know about you, but I want to share that with you in just a moment. But we're going to look at the revelation and the introduction of this messenger, which is actually Jesus Christ. He is the messenger. He is the one who is going to speak to the seven churches. The seven churches are seven real churches. He gives them a grade card. It's a state of the union of the churches. And the messenger is the qualified messenger. He's the only one qualified to give the message. He says, I'm coming to give the message. And I want you to see with me as we begin to read this. I want you to see with me the introduction and how powerful this is. And most people just absolutely read it and don't allow it to sink in very well. Every word, the Bible says, of the Bible is pure. Our Bible says in three places, every word is pure. Not only is it pure, it has great depth of meaning. I am uh, often ridiculed, or at least teased, at the very least, about I go through books at snail pace. I barely move through the books. Well, are you in a hurry? Do we need to jump around and hurry as fast as we can through the Word of God? Or do we want to pick out the truth and see it comparing Scripture with Scripture and seeing the great truths of God to His children? That's that's my interest, and that's what we're going to do. And so, as we look at the Revelation, I want you to see with me in chapter 1 and verse 1, just read that, read that with me if you would. And just let's look at the words this morning and we'll uh, open in prayer. It says, The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave to him, which God gave to him to show unto his servants things which must shortly come to pass. And he sent and signified it by his angel unto his servant John who bear record of the word of God and of the testimony of Jesus Christ and of the things that he saw. Blessed is he that readeth and they that hear the words of his prophecy and keep those things which are written therein, for the time is at hand. John, to the seven churches which are in Asia, grace be unto you and peace from him which is and which was and which is to come Behold, he cometh with clouds, and every eye shall see him. And they also which pierced him, and all kindreds of the earth shall wail because of him. Even so, amen. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending, saith the Lord, which is and which was, which is to come, the Almighty. Father, today be with us. Teach us, strengthen us, enlighten us, open our eyes to the truth of the word. Help us to understand the power and the authority of these things that you've given. Father, help us to see that it applies to us and what we need to do about it. And by your strength and by the knowledge of who you are and through your peace and through your grace... And through understanding given us and granted to us only by your spirit, may we endeavor to do these things. And so, Father, today we call ourselves before you, your servants, and pray that you would give us opportunity to serve in this world in which we live. Help us not to just go old, grow older day by day, but to learn to serve you and to do it with joy. And to do it with the knowledge and the understanding of who we are because of who you are. And what you have done. Father we are so grateful today. To be called your children. It's an honor. It's a privilege. And Father we just pray. We will not do disservice To that. Help us now. And teach us from these words. Teach us what you would have us to know. And be with us now. In this hour. Push out the cares of this life. And the things that. Would we'll distract our minds from hearing from you. Push that out with us and just walk among us this morning in comfort hearts and open eyes. Lord, teach us now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And so we have this, folks, I know that I read it from time to time like it's a magazine article. I'm guilty of just, like, I get the, I get the mindset of, I've read this before. I've seen this before. I've read this before. Can I tell you this? It's new every day. The scriptures, when you open them, are new. If you studied it yesterday for three hours, you open it, I guarantee you the Holy Spirit has a new idea for you in there. Amen. And all you have to do is be willing to receive it. That's right. It's a wonderful book. It's alive. It, um, it, it pricks the hearts and the, and the conscience of Christians. It's a discerner, the Bible says, of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. The Bible's a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. And many is the time, and many, many is the time, that I'm under conviction from just reading the passage before I begin to study. Because I am a sinner. And the things that it has to say through the power of the Holy Spirit convict my heart before I begin. Talking to a preacher friend of ours the other night. Absolutely true. And I said, my biggest fear, I guess, one of the things I worry about the most is it does seem to be harsh in today's world to tell the truth and to give out the word of God. And he said, yeah, you've had all week to wrestle with it. It's new to them. And that's true, isn't it? You can, you can think I'm being very harsh at, in this hour, but as you drive down the driveway and go home and start to think and meditate and ruminate on these things, yeah, that's true. I hope that's what you're doing. Yeah, that's true. What is my part in it? What's what's the remedy that can that I can give? What's my part in helping and not hurting? It? What's my part in telling the truth and not being part of the lie? What is my truth in that? Yeah, that's true. Are the, are some things hard to hear? I'm telling you, there are a lot of them are hard to hear because we live in this world in this body. We live in the flesh that wants what it wants. Now I also know this. I'm not as I'm not as dumb as I look, and and I've heard no one else is either, but. As dumb as I look, but I want to say this to you. I want to say this to you. I know because of 30 years in the ministry, I know this. I pray it's not true. I'm not saying it as a fulfillment of any kind of prophecy. Most people are going to not do much with the truth, even Christians. Most people are going to not do very much with what's spoken here. Most people are not going to apply it. They won't take it and, and, and make it part of their life. I know that now, and it's, it's, it's not okay with me, but I'm better about that than I used to be. What was the sermon last week? What was the one thing or two things? What did you hear last week that convicted you so deeply that you had to pray to God this week and say, Lord, help me not to be part of that? What was the sermon last week? I don't know. What were you talking about last week? I don't know. See, that world out there, that world out there busies you up. It makes you so busy. It makes you busy. We, bought into, we have bought into, as Americans, the lifestyle that needs to be lived, and so it just about runs the man, the working man, out of his mind. And I'll tell you why. We're trying to have more and, and, and be more than, we've, than God ever intended. And the whole world's fighting us. You believe that? The whole world is at odds with you being a steward of Christ's stuff. Again, in this hour, some weren't here for last year. God never, God never gave his children the idea of ownership. Never did. He gave us stewardship. And so this owning and, and collecting all of our lives so our kids can fight over it when we die, this, this idea of just collecting and owning and owning, God says, I, I, he's not against you being comfortable. But if you believe success is, through the amount of things that you've acquired, if you're not acquiring souls along the way, total dismal failure. And the Lord said, before the Lord, we want to stand and say, well, did you see what I built in my life? And he said, yes, I did. Who could you bring with you? Oh, 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 oh. And that car now is rusty. And that home needs some repair. But there's not a soul that you want, really. Well, good for you. Your neighbors must have been very impressed with you. I hope they were as impressed as you are with you. Where's your souls you brought? Now, you call that hateful if you want to, but the more I read the Bible, the more the Spirit impresses on me is gone. Don't invest your time, don't spend it. You don't have that much. Invest it. How do you invest things? The interesting thing about investment over, over spending is it, with investment you actually give. Think of that one. In investing you actually give. <laughs> investing means you're casting. It's not about this. It just simply is not. When you read the first words of the gospel and you take that to the book of Revelation and see how it opens. The difference is this. Jesus said in the Revelation it says the Revelation of Jesus Christ which God gave him. Did you know something? I want to share something with you. When Jesus Jesus was on this earth with his disciples the men said Matthew 24, the first four verses, when shall these things be? You know Jesus said? No man knoweth the hour or the time. I want you to see something with me as the world is doing what it's doing right now, but the dark side is very desperate right now because lights are being turned on all over the world. What cockroaches do when lights come on is they head for a nastier place. And that's happening I read in the book of Daniel, I didn't understand it, I, I preached it, I read it, I said this is the truth, I knew it was, I didn't understand much of it, but here's what, here's what Daniel said, there's going to come a time when what they're going to do is they're going to try to change the times and the seasons. They're doing it. There's going to come a time when they're try, trying to change the times and the seasons. Wake up, America. There's going to come a time when the Antichrist is going to be angrier. Because the lights are coming on and exposing the lie, the great lie that you're not God, but he still is. You are not God and they are not God and we should have a great concept of that, but they don't know that. They believe they're God. And when the light comes on and they look real small, can't even cast a shadow, they get real angry and start doing things, but now they're trying to change the times and the seasons. They're going to rewrite history. They're going to rewrite the whole history now that... And if you don't believe it, guess what you are? You're a bad person. I was called the other day, interestingly enough, I said I disagree with an idea and I was called a racist. They don't even know what they're talking about, yet they're angry and they're spewing this stuff. They're here to change the times and the seasons and I'll add one thing, not that it's, I'll add this for your understanding, they're changing the narrative and the definition. The are changing the time, the seasons, the narrative, and the definition of words. I want to tell you something about this. It's your greatest treasure. And the words mean something. And they mean everything. And it can't be changed. And we open up the Bible with God's saying in Deuteronomy, the rehearsal of the first four books, the law given to Moses, the first, the first thing he says in his rehearsal, the, re, the retelling of the, of the events of the years of Moses, he said this, one thing, if you change the word in here, God will curse you. Don't take away or add to or God will put the curse on you. We're going to end up in chapter 22 and you know what God says when he closes the book? I gave you the revelation of Christ. I'm revealing my Son to you. It is what we call full disclosure. When I sell a house, and when I'm part of when I'm part of the group that's selling or, or buying of a, of a property, the one sheet they want to see. We know you want eight hundred thousand. We know you want a million. We know you want three hundred thousand. We want to know how, what's what's the state of the union here. We want to know if the dishwasher works. We want to know if your roof leaks or if you patch it up and paint it where we can't see it and we're going to have a surprise the first time it rains. We want to know if the basement's caved in, cracks down there that a cow could walk through and not just a mouse. We want to know these things. We want full disclosure of this property. This is the full disclosure of Jesus Christ. There's no surprises. We're not going to get to a place where it's all, all hell breaks loose and go, is it... They didn't tell us about this. He said, I'm telling you word for word, very carefully what what to expect, because I love you. And I'll even tell you the bad parts. I'll tell you the bad parts with the good parts. It's going to get ugly. Because he that endures to the end shall be saved. And that's not the salvation we talk about for eternity. It's this. You shall be saved from the terrible anguish of the people who don't know or don't believe is coming. You will be saved from that trained blindsiding. You'll be, you'll be safe from being blindsided. and go this. What was on the news today? What did they say? That's exactly what God said. That's exactly what he said would happen. And you know what I can believe? If, if I can believe that, the next line says, I told you because I love you. I can believe it because he said it and I can believe what he said because I saw it. He told me that's coming and there it is and guess what? He said, I told you before so you wouldn't get hurt by it. Don't you love Him this morning? Come on. Isn't He something? Isn't that that God something? Full disclosure. Now listen to what he says. The revelation of Jesus Christ which God gave to Him to show to His servants. The revelation that God gave to Him. Here's what it says in Mark 13 and 32. Here's what the Bible says. But of that day and hour knoweth no man, not the angels which are in heaven, neither the Son, but the Father. They said, Jesus, when are you thinking going to happen? He said, I don't know. The father hadn't told me yet. He said, I'm telling you what He told me. I say nothing that He hasn't told me to say. Read it in John. He says, I don't say anything or do anything that the Father doesn't tell me to say or do. That's right. And they said, what are these wild things happening? He said, I don't know. The angels don't know it. I don't know it. No man knows it. God knows it. The revelation starts with this. God said, now I gave it to my son to give him to you. I gave my son the revelation of the end times that he might give it to you. Do you love him for that? Should we throw this book in the trash? Isn't the rantings of a crazy lunatic of a deprived or drug-induced mind, or is it the disclosure of God to his children we have to decide that I'm telling you it's full disclosure from a God who loves you who loves me and when I see the things when I see the things that are happening in the world and I hear the the uh, lies called media about what's going on and the covering up here's what it is it's the Lord saying what well, I tell you and I say there it is does it hurt I don't want my grandkids going through these things. I do not. No. no one does. Amen, brother. But I tell you this: before the Lord comes back, it's going to get uglier than it gets pretty. It's already ugly. And, and I happen. tell you what: the revelation is the full disclosure of those things. It is, and so it's the unveiling. It's whatever you want. It's called full disclosure. God gives it to Jesus to show to His servants the things which shortly. Must surely come to pass. And he sent it and he signified it. He sent it and he had signs to prove it. He had signs to prove it, folks. It's time for us to wake up as a church. And then it says this look very carefully at that sentence at your Bible. If your Bible's open, look at that sentence. He says, and he sent and signified it by his angel. Who is God's angel? Jesus. Jesus Christ, his messenger. He's the one that comes to the churches with the message. It's his angel. Did you know the Bible calls Jesus an angel? We know he's called all kinds of things, but you know that God called him, he's my angel. He's my messenger to the people. And what message did he give? Mine, mine, mine is called the Word of God. And so we move on. We move on, we've been through this, and you think, we talked about that last week. Not these things we didn't. Not these things we didn't. If you'll you'll do this with me as we begin, then we're going to move on to something else. If you'll turn to, uh, hold your finger in 1 of Revelation and turn to 22 of Revelation. If you'll hold your finger in 1 and turn to the last chapter, the 22nd chapter of Revelation. I want you to see something with me. It's, it's, It's a revelation of God about his son Jesus Christ, his messenger. And he opens this book. It's called The Apocalypse. We've we've made the word uglier than it is. It's the unveiling. Apocalyptic things are happening. Apocalyptic things are ha- will happen. It's not all doom. But I want you to see with me now, and we begin at verse seven of Revelation 1. He says, Behold, he cometh. John is talking about this Jesus. He cometh with the clouds, and every eye shall see him, and they also which pierced him, and all kindreds of the earth shall wail because of him. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending, saith the Lord, which is, which was, and which is to come, the Almighty. And I, John, also, who also am your brother and companion in tribulation, and in the kingdom and patience of Jesus Christ, was in the isle that is called Patmos for the word of God, and for the testimony of Jesus Christ. And I saw in the Spirit on the Lord's day, I'm sorry, excuse me, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day, and heard the trumpet behind uh, me, a great voice as of a trumpet. I am Alpha and Omega, the first and the last what thou seest, write in a book and send it to the seven churches which are in Asia unto Ephesus, unto Smyrna, Pergamos, Thyatira, unto Sardis, unto Philadelphia, and to Laodicea. That's how he opens his disclosure with his command, with his, with his, uh, with his will. And if you go to Revelation 22, You pick up in verse 13, he says, I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning, the end, the first, and the last. Blessed are they that do his commandments. One of the last things Jesus says, one of the last things God the Father discloses in full disclosure, is I'm telling you the way it is, this is an honest statement, and he signs his name to it. And so, again, when, I, when we're looking at property, and I say, okay, we have the sheet of what you, how much you want, and what the terms will be, and what all, okay, we have all that. This is the most important sheet in, in, in the package to you not being sued later for being a liar, for, for hiding things. And there are two sheets, actually. One's called a full disclosure, and the other one is lead-based paint and, all, and, and it's, it's the most dangerous one in there, but it's the one that if you just check, I have no knowledge, you're completely scot free If you check one box on there, pretty much, pretty, you, I have no knowledge. Now, if, you, if you're selling a house that was born in 1912, uh, built in 1912, probably, but it's been painted 93 times. I don't know. The room used to be a lot bigger than it is. Uh, <laughs> uh, now it's real thick, and it's also a type of insulation. And uh, I still want to meet the kids who eat paint chips. I've never seen them, but they tell me they exist. And uh, and uh, I'm like, uh, we, we apparently had a lot more food in our house than that. We, the chips that we ate were not paint. Uh, I want to say this to you. But here's what you got. You have a disclosure of paint, lead-based paint, because that hurts children when they eat it. It's even toxic if you if you breathe it. It's like outside asbestos, shingles, and we've been through all that. That's a very important document. The other part of it is this full disclosure of the maintenance, the state of the house. Any leaks in the last years? Uh, are you hiding anything from us that the new owner will move in and, uh, and have a tremendous uh, surprise the first time the wind blows, the sun shines, it rains once, but it gets dewy outside, the frost, what, 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 what do you got? Jesus signs his name to this for the last time. I'm going to pound on this until I drop dead, which may not be too many days, but I want to say this to you. Blessed are they that do his commandments. Hate me, walk away, talk bad, call me names. I could care less. I'm telling you, I'm giving full disclosure as a messenger of Christ. He said the messengers to the seven churches. You look that word up, it says pastors. Pastors. The message. This is to the messengers of the churches. Here's what the problem is in your church. He's a messenger. He gave the message to Jesus. Jesus gave it to John. John gave it to the pastors. And he says this. I'm going to tell you one more time, people. One more time. Blessed are they that do. His, not they that know Him. Not they that disregard Him. Not that any other. Do. It's an action word and God knows if you do them or not. I'm not telling you I'm going to stand before him completely squeaky clean and you need to do a lot of work on yourself. I'm saying this. This is a command to us we need to keep in our minds as we live our lives. The blessing of Jesus Christ at the judgment and to the the eternal state of our souls is going to be based on did we do his commandments? Did we do them? We have the most lackadaisical church today who believes if they show up occasionally, put a $5 bill in the plate, God is so tickled with them and they did Him a wild favor. And then you read the book of Isaiah and chapter 1 opens and says this, the Lord says to His prophet, He said, ask Him this for me. You ask Him this for me. Here's how you build a church. Ask Him this for me. What are you doing here? Why are you in my house? Read it. Oh, Don, you just read that stuff. You just say what you... Read the book. He says in Isaiah, here's what I want you to tell them. The sheep and the ox and the ass know where their crib is. They know where their home is. You don't even know where you live. What are you doing in my house? Why are you bringing that lifestyle and coming here and grinning at the preacher for an hour? And you said, oh, if it was just an hour, how great that would be. He said, why are you bringing that to my house? And you know what we say? And the Lord has convicted me again and again and again about this. Grace is the most beautiful thing in our lives. Don't despise it. Don't do despite to the grace of God. Salvation that is yours for eternity is a tremendous doctrine. Praise God. But how dangerous is it to let people rest on, well, if I'm saved and I can't get lost again. If I'm saved and I can't lose my salvation. If I got born into the family and I can't be less than a family member. Hey, if you don't think Christians think that way, you're not talking to them. I'm telling you this. The reason he told us about his grace and Paul pounded it to us And the reason he told us about our security in him forever is this. I want your gratitude. I did something for you that's unfathomable. And I want you to love me for it. And how do you love me? You do my commandments. How do you love me? You give of yourself. You give stuff away. You give your time, your effort, your money, your home. You give of yourself to enhance and to build the kingdom not about your kingdom, it's about my kingdom, God says. And if you think Christians, again, are not building their own kingdoms, wake up. Wake up. Now I'm going to tell you something else. He has given many of his children tremendous financial success. That's his love and mercy. But that's going to that's gonna bring people into a greater judgment. What did you do with that? It doesn't have to be a greater job, it has to be. It's just, the Lord says, I gave you a whole bunch, so you're responsible for a whole bunch. That's right. What did you do with a whole bunch? <laughs> I grew up around people who knew the value of a dollar. They had white heads and brown arms, and, uh, and uh, they knew what work was. There wasn't a lot of extra around the house. It wasn't about capital flow, it was about living and raising the food and, and getting your own and living that way. And I moved into a situation in town where no one does any of that. Um, it's grocery stores and, and uh, fruit stands and everything else. But I gotta tell you this people out there knew the value of a dollar. They worked to get everything they got, and they were the most giving, sharing people I've ever been around in my life. They come to the house for something, they bring a quart of pickles and a, and a pie or whatever. Well, I made pie today, made two, don't you kids have one. I heard a lot more of that happen. I never, they never told me it happened. I don't know why. But they brought what they had. I moved into town. Out in the country, can we, can, we, can we hunt on your back of your farm? Well, yeah, but don't shoot the cows. Can we hunt back there in the timber back there? Yeah, you can. You can hunt mushrooms, you can hunt squirrels and rabbits, but don't hunt cattle. We well, just don't want you to do that. Cost too much. Move into town or sign up, to keep off the grass. Don't step on my yard. In the country, you could come and have an afternoon there at, at, for your pleasure. In town, you can step off the concrete onto my grass. Whole different thing. But do you know what Jesus said to his children? I'm going to say this again. You're going to hear it. You're not going to hear it. Shut your ears. Plug your ears. He said, the reason I give stuff to you is that so you can give it away. The reason I give you stuff is you can give it away. Praise God. And he said, once, he said, I know that's hard on you. It's hard on your flesh. And that's why I have to keep telling you that. But once you get into the cycle and you realize something, I can't outgive give him. The more I give, the more he gives. And I have more. And I give more. the more I give, the more he gives. And he said, guess what? You're not going to win souls if people don't trust you. You know how you trust? they learn to trust you? If you put your money where your mouth is. If you show them you care. Don't tell them, show them. God gave the revelation to Jesus Christ. Get that down. And then he said, I gave it to him to be my angel. He's going to bring it to you. And so Revelation 22 and 14 says, Blessed are they that do his commandments, Read the reason is that they might have a right to the tree of life, and may enter into the gates into the city, for without our dogs and sorcerers and whoremongers and murderers and liars, and whosoever loveth and maketh a lie. I, Jesus, have set mine angel to testify unto you these things in the churches. I am the root of the offspring of David and the bright and the morning star. The spirit and the bride say come. Let him that heareth say come. Let him that is athirst come. Whosoever will, let him take of the water of life freely. Don't you want that honor? These last days of my life and these days I'm winding down with it, I've had good food. I like I like good food as well as you do. I like a good flavor on things. My favorite thing on the table is a glass of cold water. Good, clear, cold, clean, cold water. I go to my desk and my wife brings me a glass of cold water. And I'm going to say this to you. That's an earned drink in heaven. You earn it by doing his commandments. You earn heaven by not being part of the whoremongers, not being a murderer. You know, people got murder in the Bible and people say, well, I've never killed anybody. How about defamation of character? How about talking bad about people? God says, you're a murderer. You know what a sorcerer is? The word sorcerer in the Bible, you look it up. Go test me on these things. I am challenging you to test me and look up some things. Please go home and stick your nose in your Bible for a while. Get your nose holes right down there on those pages where your eyes can see what it says and just ask the Lord to tell you what it means. Praise God. You know what he said? These people are sorcerers. Now that word means, it's, it's tied to the word pharmacia, which means there's going to be rapid drug use and the peddling of drugs and the changing and the weirdness of people's minds, getting them off of a normal human logical state of thinking and getting them to some kind of thing. Sad but true. But it's out there. Um... There was a day when I went to the orthodontist with my two oldest. <laughs> and then I said, your kids have about 17 too many teeth. And I thought, we must be part of the Osmond family. Maybe we're at Kennedy. I don't know. But we've got more teeth than we need in this house. And they said, we're going to yank out about 12 of them. And I said, you are? Yeah. And then we're going to build a fence around there and try to keep them in their mouth. And I said, you going to do that? And he said, yeah. And they gave... That's a bunch of drugs. I think of, his, I think of the prescriptions there, I think uh, maybe Caitlin took one or something. Remember you know where her Big Fight was? Where she worked, the people were threatening her to bring those in to give them or sell them, I guess. Is that right? They were threat. I got a call, uh, Caitlin, I said, what's the matter with you one night? I said, what's the matter with you? Nothing, what's the matter with you? I said, you look different. Nothing, I'm not telling you. There's a couple of drivers, a couple of people in the office, If I'm not telling them right. So they come and threaten me, saying, you bring those to me, I'll buy them all, I want them, you, I'm going to buy those from you, $10 a piece or whatever it was, and we can make it. I went in there and I had three of those bottles in the thing, in the uh, hallway. Where Jan and I still keep our drugs. And we went in there. And I said, who are they? She said, I'm not telling you. I said, tell me who's doing that. She said, I'm not telling you. I said, I'm telling you right now, I'm getting rid of these, and if one more person, I'm just... You tell me. Is that right? Yes, right. Did you know in the last days drug use is going to be rampant according to the Bible? Is that true? Can we look at the world and say there's some problem with drugs? Everything else in the Revelation is true as well, people. Horemongers and murderers. And you can be a murderer without ever, ever owning a gun or a knife you can just slay people with your tongue and the Lord says I'm going to talk to you about that when you come see me because on these days you're coming to my house and again you'll have a home court advantage we're going to stand there and guess what you're going to say to him whatever he allows you to say I don't think people understand what a tribunal is a tribunal is this the sentence has already been handed down and we're just going to tell you why you're dying or why you're living. We're going to tell you the outcome. We're not here for you to argue. We have set the sentence. The judgment seat of Christ in the original language you look it up is called a tribunal. The Lord's going to have eyes as flames of the fire. He's going to look at you and me and say, I've already tried you. Oh, no, I know about your mother-in-law. The Lord might say to you, I, I couldn't live with her very good either, but guess what? I know what your daddy did to you. I know what that neighbor came over and did when your parents were away that night. I know what your brothers did. We hear it every day. I know why you're hurting. I even know what your dad said to you when you told him you were in trouble. I even know what he said and had that look in his eye of disgust. If, if you're going to act like that, I don't even want you to be my daughter. I know about that. I know when a dad says, son, you're just no good. You're nothing. You're prison material. You're probably going to end up in jail. You're just not much. I know know your dad said that to you. And guess what? I'm going to talk to your dad too. The problem with that is he has to talk to his his dad and his dad and his dad and his dad and his dad. We can change it. We have the power and the authority and the spirit living in us that we don't have to live like that. I know in my house, I say to my wife, I say or don't say things at my home, I know this. That's God's daughter. That's God's daughter. You talk to my daughter that way, we're going to talk about it. The church has lost the perspective Here's another thing I'm going to add and I'm going to move on. This is 1 John 5 and 3 as we're talking about these things. 1 John 5 and 3 says, for this is the love of God that we keep His commandments and His commandments are not grievous. If you love Him, it's it's not a terrible burden to have to do the things He called you to do. Jesus said, if you love Me, you'll keep My commandments and if you love Me, It won't even be hard. You won't be thinking, oh, I I can't live with somebody anymore because, or that's not a grievous thing. It's the truth of God. And say this, I want to be blessed. I'm moving out. I'm going to tell him, mister, you marry me, you get gone. If you don't love me, I'm going to not love you right back. Praise God. Amen. You think little of me, I'm going to think little of you. You love me or not. I'm going to keep God's commandments. But the church today, the church today allows and promotes this living outside of Christ's blessing because they love their children, they tell me. They love them enough to let them live like hell, be outside the blessing, and face a Christ one day that said, You didn't do my commandments. But he wouldn't marry me. She wouldn't marry me. They said if I got married it would cut into their taxes. It would cost them at the fifteenth of April. You wouldn't believe how many old people come up to me in a wheelchair and say, Would you bless our union? I said, What do you want me to do? I want you to bless our union. I said, You want to get married? No, I can't get married. My kids and her kids we get all messed up in the settlement then. You believe me? Right. Well, I'm not lying to you. I've had it all over and over and over. They come up in wheelchairs facing each other, going, googling. I'm like, excuse me now, would you do something? I said, Why are you asking me to bless your union? They want God's approval living outside his commandments. And I said, I said, you don't know how much I think of you. I think of, I think the world of you, and I like you a lot. There's not one chance this side of a fiery hell I would get God's name involved with living together without the marriage. I, I can't do it. I thought you'd say that. I said, No. why would you ask me? Why would you put me on the spot like that? I said, you want God's blessing? Get married. You want to live together like you're married? Get married. Now this doesn't fly in the church today. That's meddling. All the government's got it set up where it's not cost effective to be married. <laughs> if you knew what the value of God's opinion is, the government had nothing to do with it. The lying, cheating government, which is a Ponzi scheme, has nothing to do with fulfilling God's commandments. It's your heart, not theirs. Their heart, of course, is to have you in a nasty situation. That's where they want you. They want to keep you there. God says, "Get out. Be free. Be clean. Live before me with a pure heart." Old man, I, I'm not telling you this. Old man, he didn't have a tooth. His ears weren't working. His eyes were gone. I'm not sure what he was wearing altogether. I didn't want to look that far. And he asked me if I'd marry. I said, "Why don't you marry her?" I said, "If she's willing, I can't." <laughs> you better hurry up he said no I can't do that my kids would be mad I'm telling my kids right here all three of them in the room you divide that $100 bill however you want to I'm not living here to build things to give I'm building here to take people with me If the Lord blesses me and some of my kids can go to school for a month or two on what we leave, God bless them. Otherwise, I just want the kids to be there. That's my heart. I just want the kids to be, come be with me. Praise God. My whole heart. Learn this, my little lovely children. Learn this from me. If you learn from no one else, God has a purpose and a plan for you to do that thing and you'll be happy. You'll have a joy. You'll attract the right spouse. You'll live in a freedom the world doesn't know. There will be a peace in your house the world envies. But most of all, you'll have the hand of the Lord upon you. Praise God. And He'll bless everything you do. He'll bless you at every turn. I hope people believe that. No one ever told me that when I was a boy. No one ever. There's not a preacher, there wasn't a Bible that I never heard that when I was a boy. What are you going to do when you grow up? What are you going to do when you grow up the child of good Christian parents? I don't know. The Lord hasn't told me yet. What are you going to be when you grow up? Bigger. Pretty hungry, it looks like, from the rest of my family. Fairly angry. Why, why are you asking? <laughs> what are you going to be? Uglier <laughs> than I am now. Why, why do you ask? Here's what the answer is to the kid who really knows, and the parents love him with all their heart. I'm going to be what the Lord made me. I'm going to be what the Lord made me to be. And I'm going to do it with all the strength He gives me. Praise God. And I'm going to honor Him every step of the way. I'm going to give Him praise and honor and glory all my days. All of them. What are you going to be? Satisfied. I'm going to grow up and be satisfied. I don't know how the numbers fall for you, but I heard this from almost every man I know working. I... Do not enjoy my job. I have to work and I have to provide, and I'm glad to do that. I am glad to do that. 30 years ago, 20 years ago, 10 years ago, many men couldn't wait to get to work. They'd go early and sit outside the gate so they could read the paper and drink coffee before they punched in. They would. I know. That's true. Yeah. That's true. But men used to get up early. And I asked them why, they said, well, I got away from kids for one, but I sat out there in the truck. Somebody'd crawl in there with me, we'd have a cup of coffee and watch until the gate opened. Go punch in and enjoy the day. You know what they did after that? They stayed on a half hour later talking to the new crew coming on and just talked to them, see how they were doing and, and enjoyed their company. But I'm telling you, this has changed. The people now who won't work have the upper hand. The people who won't do the job and just drive you out of your mind have the upper hand. And you can't tell them you're not doing your job. That's illegal. I think it's racist. According to the new definitions, it's changed. But you know what the Lord said? I want you to talk to me every day. These little children and grandchildren of mine, they go to bed at night. If they go to bed at night talking to the Lord, God. being acquainted with Him and sharing their heart with Him, get, they, they will know, they will know when it's time to go where they're supposed to be going. They will know. The Lord said, "I want you to do this. I hear what they're going to hear. I know it. If they do what I'm asking them to do, I hear what they're going to hear, "Oh, honey, you're smarter than that." Well, you have all kinds of what are you going to do that for? You see, the world doesn't define you, Jesus does. Praise God. You don't even define yourself. You have no right to do that. Jesus does. And he said, Don, you were born into a family. I knew it. I knew it before you did. I put you there in that order on purpose, on that day on that, for a purpose, and I gave you different characteristics and traits and, and gifts than the other kids there for a reason. And I want you to go into this world and show the world and tell them what I told you. You show them why I made you. You show them my plan and my purpose for you. Don't, you. don't you let them define you. I've already done it. Don't even worry about defining yourself. I've defined you. Now go do it. Jesus said, blessed are they that in those days when they stand before me, almost uh, every Christian I know has said one thing or another this way to me. I hope I hear well done. I think that's a good hope. <laughs> I don't expect to hear it myself, but I want to say something to you. How can you hear well done if you didn't done what he told you to do? How are we going to hear well done if we didn't do it? Well avoided, well skirted. You built your kingdom, and the Lord said I want you to build mine. Oh, I want you to build mine. And I sent people to you, and you, you couldn't see them. The television was on too long. And, and I sent them to you, but you couldn't talk to them. You didn't want to take your time and tell them who I am, and they never did find out. You had so much money in your wallet that it hurt your hip. Your hip went out of place when you were driving on the road. You had so much money in your wallet, but did you help there? Of course not. Of course not. Why? I'm heading to the grocery store. When I build a grocery store, it costs a lot. I buy a lot at the grocery store. Did you see that man sitting out front eating sunflower seeds? Lord, I'm telling you, he didn't want to work. He could have had a job. Is that right? Is that so? I'm going to close with this that we're going to get into next week. I believe from my memory, which isn't the best. I believe from my memory that it was the fifth grade where I learned these, these uh, truths. I want you to think back with me, school time. What level was it in school that you heard, if you want the full picture, you look through and see and answer these questions. Who, what, when, where, and why? I didn't learn a lot in school, but the day that was instructed, my ears perked up, and I really enjoyed that instruction. They said, you want full disclosure of a story. And every crime scene, the best investigators follow this pattern. The true journalists that report today, and um, they're so scarce, if there are any left, it's hard to know. But the true journalists go through this, in their mind at least, we're going to report on the story, so we need to tell the people who, what, when, where, and why. A crime scene investigator does that. Every honest person that wants full disclosure goes through that in their mind, knowingly or unknowingly. Next Sunday, I want to go through the first chapter of the book of Revelation with the idea of looking at who, what, when, where, and why. I'm going to add how to that a little bit, but I want you to... I want you to read your Bible, go through the first chapter of the book of Revelation, and clarify in your mind who. Look at who. Many talks about God, it talks about the Spirit, it talks about an angel, talks about a messenger, it talks about John, talks about the seven churches, talks about, there's a lot of who's in there. Who's he talking to? Who's talking and who is he talking to? What is it? What's he saying? What is the topic? What is it? It's the revelation to the seven churches. What is the topic? When did he say it? (laughs) When did he say it? Where was he when he said it? Where Where were the audience? Where were the hearers to be? Why did he say it? Why would he disclose these things to you and me? Why would he say it? Everything in my power to get you to love Jesus Christ. I want to answer some of those. I mean, I think you'll find a tremendous go through. I think you'll be almost shocked to go through the first chapter with that in mind and see who, what, when, where, and why. I'll close with this because it's time this morning. Who is God? Who is the Son? Who is the Holy Spirit? What is full disclosure of. Their love and their behavior toward you and me and the rest of the world. Why? Because he loves you and does not want you to perish. That's why. That's why. Why would he keep saying these things? Why does God repeat these things over and over? He does it for me because I'm slow. I don't know why he does it for you. He does it for me because he wants me. And before and when I stand before him, he's gonna say, I told you on every page, boy. Every page said this about me. I love you. And the test was, do you love me? Did you love me back? Did you love me? Or did you love you? And what's your definition of love, by the way? What does that mean to you? It's a good book, folks. I hope you'll hang in there and go through it with me. I hope you'll be on the the same page with me. Have you seen before? Even the first verse. Even the first verse. It's the full disclosure of Jesus Christ which God gave unto him. Jesus didn't know it until God revealed it to him. The revelation of Jesus Christ was a revelation to Jesus Christ. And he gave it to him to show unto his servants the things which, which must surely come to pass. And he sent and signified it by his angel. His son is an angel. Have you read that before? Now what do you think about the rest of the book? What do you believe about the rest of the book if, that's what the, if it's true what the opening statement is? And by the way, you see it here with me, and we're going to quit. You see it here with me this. John said, when you, when you start looking on what and where, it's Patmos. Where? Why? For the testimony of Jesus Christ. John's high crime to be put on a prison in solitude, to be put out in a harsh environment. The reason they said you can't be with us, you have to be over there in this terrible place, is because he, the testimony of Jesus Christ. Because the record, the witness of the word and the testimony of Jesus, that was John's high crime. You think the world's ever changed? Not a bit. America had almost a free run during the 50s and 60s and 70s. Very little was said about, about Christianity, but they were putting the plan together. And right now, they're trying to bring it out but here's what God's going to do, and I promise you this. They bring this nefarious stuff out in darkness, and God said, Turn the light on, son. I got another child over there. Turn the light on. I'm going to bring it out this way. They always come in the back way, and God, and God says, I got a light over there, too. Turn that light on. And the roaches are in confusion. They're scattering and scattering. But when they scatter are looking for another dark place, and they keep hitting the light now, the lights are coming on. And they're confused, they're angry, they're afraid. But they are roaches. They are vermin. Will you be a light? God said, I want you to my shot. Will you be a light? Will you tell the truth? Will you tell them? John 8, 44 says, Satan can't tell the truth. John 14, 6, Jesus says, I am the truth. That's right. Pick which side you're on come to the battlefield (coughs) Father we thank you again now what a tremendous privilege it is to congregate as a body to be taught by your spirit and your word and what a lovely truth that Jesus is your angel he's your messenger He disclosed you in his life on this earth and you disclose him now. Help us to understand and to live this life. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.